0: And good evening, I'm Clarence Boone, and welcome to this edition of Bring It On. We're a multiple award-winning show celebrating over 14 years as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting African Americans.
1: Good evening, I'm Roberta Radovich. In today's broadcast... You'll also hear about the movie *Emmanuel*, the untold story of the victims and survivors of the Charleston church shooting. The film produced by Stephen Curry and Viola Davis and co-produced by Marquisha Heretag will have a limited showing in national theaters on Monday, June 17th and Wednesday, June 19th. It will be featured at 7 PM at the Bloomington college mall theater all this and more on the next hour in On Bring It On.
0: I can't wait to talk about that. Here we are featuring an NBA superstar, Stephen Curry, Viola Davis, and Mariska Haggerty from Law and Order, and they're 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 teaming up to do something really awesome. But we'll talk about that a little bit later, as uh, Roberta said during the second half of the hour. But first, youth participatory budgeting, or commonly referred to as YPB, is a democratic process in which young community members decide how to spend part of a municipal budget. Participatory budgeting has been shown to spark an interest among young people in the system and ideals of democracy and to increase the likelihood of their future engagement with local government.
1: The goals include, number one, deep community engagement of youth. Followed by youth expanding the Youth Participatory Budget Project, raising awareness of community government and related issues, improving relationships between youth and government, building credibility with the Youth Participatory Budget Project, and finally, funding projects that have positive impact.
0: In the fall of 2018, the Bloomington Common Council approved Mayor John Hamilton's proposal to allocate $15,000 within the 2019 budget to a YPB initiative. YPB gives young people real power to
1: make real decisions
0: over real money.
1: Joining us in the studio this evening are participants uh, of the Youth Participatory Budget Project, as well as a representative of, of the com- of the Commission on Children and Youth to talk further about the new initiative. To everyone in the studio this evening, welcome to Bring It On. Hello.
0: Yeah, you know, as I think uh, about giving youth an opportunity to make decisions in a democratic way, what an excellent learning tool, what an excellent way uh, to show them how government works and how they can be a part of government. And it's easy to stand on the sidelines and complain and point fingers and critique but as as a, as a youth, uh, to jump in and to uh, have an idea, to walk it through a process, and to have real resources. We're not talking selling lemonade and, and candy bars on the corner. This is money that's been set aside to help these youth. And I'm so glad to talk about this today. And again, another example of Bloomington being forward-thinking. And um, not too many communities in the na- nation are doing this, but we're going to learn about which ones are. Uh, but joining us, we have Shatoya uh, Moss, who's director of Safe and Civil Cities, and we have Tilly Robinson, who's one of the delegates, just the very name, delegate, implies power. <laughs> well, she's one of the delegates. A decision maker. decision maker who has joined us today, and I want to thank you both for coming out and dodging the raindrops, and uh, didn't have to blow away today, and there are no tornado warnings, but uh, thanks for coming out today, and let's talk about this. Um, $15,000 is is nothing to sneeze at that that is a significant outlay of uh, monies to do something positive. Are there are there parameters, uh, Chatoia, on um, what can this money be used for?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just to kind of back up, again, this project is all youth-led as well as – You know, youth design. We have 11 students who make up a steering committee. These students have been meeting since April of this year, and they design a a rule book, basically letting everyone know in the community, these are the requirements, this is the criteria, and this is how we're going to, you know, best decide how to spend these funds. So although they encourage a lot of creativity and innovation with their ideas, they have designed something – for for students to know what they can submit for ideas. So projects must take place within the city of Bloomington. They must be completed within the $15,000 budget, and they cannot fund salaries or nonprofits. So this kind of gives students a little bit lead way of what they can do and what type of ideas they can produce. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also a breakdown of categories, which Tilly could probably tell you a little bit more about uh, as a delegate, since she's promoting uh, idea submissions.
3: Tell them a little bit about the categories, Tilly. Yeah, okay, so we like to sort the idea proposals that we receive into several categories. Some of those include ones that are focused on the environment, say, or possibly parks and recreation, maybe ideas that are geared toward expanding the arts within our community.
0: And uh, talking before we, we started airing tonight, I learned that this is the pilot project. This is the inaugural year for this initiative. Uh, so In this year, $15,000, are we to assume next year maybe double and next year maybe triple? We definitely
2: (laughs) hope so. I can say for a fact that we have an exceptional group of young people leading this. Uh, With 11 members being on the steering committee, we equally have 16 members as delegates. So right now we have 26 young people coming to do work, civic engagement. They're out talking to their peers. They're getting them involved and teaching them how government democracy works. All so. from
0: different walks of life, uh, different schools, mm-hmm. and different experiences, life experiences coming to a common table. Uh, and, and there are steps, sequential steps that I saw online on this wonderfully uh, developed website that there's a process that they follow uh, and that they're being responsible with the funds of the city. And, but yet they, they walk through this uh, sort of sequential process and they come up with this wonderful idea, which is then implemented. Uh, and then people benefit from that, so so that's tremendous.
1: Are there some training? Is there some training, Tilly, that goes into um, the the step before creating the rule book, or even beyond the rule book?
3: Yeah. So the steering committee had a number of preliminary meetings in which they, you know, they put the rule book together, learned themselves about how the project worked. Then, more recently, towards the beginning of the summer, the delegates had the option to attend one of two different orientations okay. in which we learned how the project worked and clarified our role in helping it play out.
1: So, what are some of the items in the rule book? I, I, can you disclose oh, yeah. those? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so the rule book right now is still uh, being finalized, okay. but it talks about our process. It talks about the goals, the principles, as well as who can be on the steering committee, who can be delicate. And it also talks about our stakeholders. Mm-hmm. So our stakeholders in this process, which... The delegates and the steering committee are so excited to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, will be one of the final steps that we'll uh, run into as we're getting these ideas in and returning them into re- proposals. Our stakeholders will be serving as expertise, so they'll be letting the youth know if something is actually doable. They'll be giving them feedback and oh. information, um, and it just kind of outlines that, in that that rule book to say who can be a stakeholder, and because
1: we want to make sure we bring the right people to the table. Right. So there are. St- professional guides mm-hmm. that are helping the students move through their step yeah. one, step two, step three.
2: And so. the youth developed this entire book themselves. So they mm-hmm. set the guidelines on who can vote, who can submit ideas, who's allowed to be a delegate, who's you know allowed to have input in the process because they do want to make sure that every youth voice is heard. Mm-hmm. So in order to maintain that and um, to have everyone ha- be on the same plan, this rule book has been very important.
1: So you have 26 participants. How in the world do you come to consensus? I see that there's a bit of a voting mechanism, but is there still a dialoguing that needs to happen or... How how do you how do you anticipate getting all 26 people on the same page? <laughs> well, I will go back to say like, again, this is an exceptional group
2: of students that we have. Each dele- well, excuse me, each steering committee is responsible for their own set of delegates, mm-hmm. so they have their own check-in system and then I actually refer to them like how do you like to communicate? How do you all do things now in your your generation? And they've taught me some things. Oh, good. So they utilize uh, the group me polls. They, you know, they make a consensus on if we all can't be in a meeting, if most people are here, do we just go ahead and go for a vote? Because they understand timing and the work that goes into something. And they've been doing really well working together and getting past, you know, some some serious hurdles. Um,
0: How long into the process are they? This is... How long have they been doing what they're doing, and what was the initial activity that they took part in?
2: So they've been doing this since early April. Um, the steering committee themselves actually had a training from Sherry Davis, who is actually a participatory budget expert. So she started off with our steering committee kind of teaching them the ropes, um, letting allowing them to understand how youth participatory budget has been done in other cities. So we definitely use it as a blueprint, and then our steering committee took it and made it, you know,
1: Bloomington's own stamp on it. Mm-hmm. Are the student delegates and comi- uh, steering committee exposed to those various, various different models Yes, as part of the training? Mm-hmm.
2: They've had opportunity to kind of research online a little bit what other um, participatory budgets have been been like. Uh, this one, of course, is unique because it is youth-led, and I would say maybe about... Five other ones are typically youth led around the country, but most of them are citywide. So that's another big difference. You know, how do you target students? How do you, you know, get to your peers and tell them about this whole civic engagement and democratic process? I'm not sure
1: what the lunchroom discussions are like, but you probably don't usually start off with that. <laughs> so, I mean, how did you identify the the students that are participating right now? So, currently,
2: our steering committee members are made up of students who have been involved in other city projects, so the Teen Roundtable, which is another initiative of the status of children and youth, as well as... Um, the Blackmail Summit, Summit, and other just groups that we've identified, and we just put the ask out, and they came to us. So they already had this kind of one eagerness. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And with the delegates, uh, kind of the same casting of the net, but this time we relied heavily on the steering committee members to say, okay, now you've set the boundaries, you've set the rules, now you're going to go out here and do the work and find who's going to be your delegates because these are going to be the people that are extension of yourselves. So... And they found some terrific people. I'm, I'm telling you. I ask these kids, "What you do on the weekends?" And some will say, "I'm going to a TEDx talk." And some is like, "I'm going to Malawi and build a school for orphans." And it's like, <laughs> "Oh, that's okay, amazing." I'm that's going awesome. to the mall, but right. okay, <laughs> going
1: grocery shopping. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, well, you have uh, repeatedly been, been, stating that you are just sort of blown away with the caliber of uh, participant or delegate that is uh, that have been amassed this this first go around, which is great. I want to talk to this outstanding delegate that's in here today, and uh, we talked a little bit before we went live. Um, Now, what high school, and I will let you put a plug out for your high school.
3: Okay, sure. I go to Bloomington High School South, home of the Panthers, It's pretty awesome, everyone. (laughs) You know, definitely worth going to if you're high school age. (laughs) Supporting our public school system.
0: And as our phones light up on that, um, (laughs) um, let me me ask you, you also, you share with me that you are a member of the debate team. Yep, I am. And how long have you been uh, on that team?
3: Sure. So I've just been on the high school debate team for the past year, but I also was on a middle school speech team, which is related, last year.
0: And... uh, There's nothing like walking into a room and seizing the energy that's in that room and then delivering uh, either a persuasive speech or, as I said earlier, you could dissect my argument and and, um, uh, just win the day. But have you won many competitions on the debate team?
3: Um, No first places yet, but I've been in the top five pretty consistently.
0: All right. Now, um, when you first heard about YPB, Uh, What excited you about this?
3: I don't know. I mean, it just seemed like a chance to really be civically engaged and to exercise social responsibility, to reach out to community members, to, you know, to pitch in with my own voice, but also to listen to other people's voices and to help synthesize ideas into something that can really help benefit our city and make it a more prosperous, beautiful, and happy place for all of its residents, especially youth and children.
0: I think we're listening to the next Elizabeth Warren.
3: I get this every weekend.
2: Every weekend. <laughs> I'm just like,
0: um, what? Wow. <laughs> so, what are your what are your favorite uh, classes in, in high school?
3: Let's see. I don't know. I really like all of my classes. I especially like math classes, just because it's a wonderful opportunity to exercise reasoning. But English and world history classes are also really interesting, especially based on how they relate and just you know tracing the Mm -hmm. path that the world has taken to get to where it is now and of course science classes often you know relate a lot to current issues and innovations in the world so I guess Mm -hmm. I like all my classes
0: now have you or is it am I able to ask uh, what her idea or what her uh, particular focus might be or is it too premature to ask these type of questions or can I ask her, is, has there been an idea floating in your mind as far as, wow, we have an opportunity to take resources to impact change or to be a catalyst for change? Um, is there an idea you have in mind?
3: You mean for YPB?
0: Yes, for YPB.
3: Um, I haven't actually submitted any idea proposals yet. I've mostly been working on, you know, handling other people's proposals. Right now, I think... I'll probably wait to pitch in my ideas until I see, like, what's already been said and what there still is for me to say. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I'm definitely interested in helping, you know, increase equality across socioeconomic groups. I'm also interested in helping to preserve both in urban areas and towards the edge of the cities a a healthy, thriving city, especially focused on environmental stuff. But, yeah, yeah. We'll just have to wait and see.
1: Right. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Well, it's it's striking me that this is such a wonderful opportunity for um, for young people to become more clear about how the for-profit sector works, mm-hmm. how the non-profit sector works, and then how the government sector works, and how those lines sometimes blur Mm -hmm. and how sometimes there's an interlocking and a lockstepping that's very beautiful, very, very beautiful, but how sometimes it's very, very complex. And it would seem to me that this is a really great opportunity to sort of flesh those distinctions Mm -hmm. out from those three various types of sectors. Yeah. Do you um, feel that way too? Yeah, Tilly? in some of our
3: discussions, when we've been going through proposals and looking what we have and looking at what we have in, we've seen like sometimes we have to question: Would this fall under the jurisdiction of the city, or is it better, you know, put into place through the school board? How much sway are we able to hold over businesses, and how much do they get to choose what they do?
1: Right, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And how how those how those sectors then could creatively. Um, mm-hmm. Connect with each other to create sustainable socioeconomic change and corporate responsibility. Oh, how excited! I am so completely excited about this. Are there some other delegates, Tilly, that um, are your colleagues that you've been fascinated by some of their backgrounds or um, what they're going to be bringing to the table that you're excited to be working with them? Kind of give them a plug, a little bit of a (laughs) shout-out, since they're not here to represent themselves in person.
3: Yes, absolutely. I know some of my fellow delegates are from a more Democratic political persuasion. Others lean more Republican. There's there's definitely, I mean, I'm not totally sure of, like, for example, the income range that we span, Mm -hmm. but... There's, you know, it is definitely a variety of people. It's a chance to meet students from North, for example.
1: Mm-hmm. So maybe you'll show the grown-ups how it's done. Yeah, we have
2: a, <laughs> a good diverse group of good. students. We have some from Benedict. We have some. We have actually homeschool students. Some from the Academy. Oh, so, that's excellent. you know, yeah. like I said, we cast a, a pretty wide net, and we were very grateful to get some different voices in because some students they had never met and had never actually stepped foot in City Hall, but. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm just thoroughly
1: impressed that they come in and they get right down to business. So, Shatoya, you are the silent orchestrator in all of this. And uh, (laughs) so kudos to you um, and kudos to the city for really taking on this kind of very innovative initiative. So what are some of your um, anticipated outcomes? What are you kind of Hoping to see as sort of an outcome beyond the obvious we're funding a project, it's successfully executed, but above and beyond that, are there some outcomes you're looking for as an evaluator, as a manager? As far as kind of the community, you know, definitely shining a light on the youth. Um,
2: Again, this is an initiative out of the Commission of the Status of Children and Youth, and they've been doing an excellent job as facilitating and aiding kind of in the background, you know, at the end of the day, these are kids, so we're not overbearing them. They had homework during a lot of this time, so right. we would take kind of the brunt of the research and kind of present it to them, um, but but they've been, like, right on top of it, and I think that's the thing that kind of makes us as adults say, like wow you know we weren't giving them enough credit you know they're they know what they're doing they're taking charge so and they're passionate
1: tilly's yeah. obviously super passionate
2: um and i'm always going to plug their instagram it's it's led by them they've taken it upon themselves to give themselves a uh, little profile
1: oh what's your handle tilly
3: um, I actually don't know. I'm not personally on Instagram, oh, so I haven't okay. followed YPB, but okay. you can ask pretty much anyone else. Okay, to for we, sure. we
1: will find it and we'll include it in the copy content for the podcast yeah. a little bit later. Okay. Oh, we've got it, folks, for our listening audience. If you're tuning in right now, we're talking with Tilly Robinson and Shatoya Moss from the Commission on the Status of Children and Youth about the new YPB. YPB. I'm going to have to keep practicing <laughs> that, um, which is the Youth Participatory Budgeting Initiative. I
0: thought it was the Young People's Business.
1: Now, Tilly, would that fall into the private sector, or as an entrepreneurial thing, or is this youth business sector? I'm just making a play on
0: an old song. There you go. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I thought you were asking me a serious question.
1: <laughs> But you can find the young people if you're so inclined, listening audience. You can find them on Instagram at Youth Budgeting Youth Budgeting YPB Bloomington.
0: I'm looking at a flyer that was put together, and um, and and it's an eye catcher, and it says that YPB wants to hear your voice and project ideas. So this is an open appeal to um, people in the community or students in the community to share some ideas that might get. Uh, designed into something that's tangible and realistic and impactful in the community. Project ideas should be submitted by students who will be in grades 8 through 12 during the 2019-2020 school year and who are enrolled in any public or private school or homeschooled, and I heard Chatoya mention that earlier, in Monroe County. Applicants may submit more than one proposal and the deadline to submit applications this is so important is saturday august 10th at noon so there's really no excuse you have time to formulate think through and and uh, sort of craft something that uh should be appealing to this group now for more information about an idea submission uh go to and and here's our city's long uh website <laughs> address but If you live in Bloomington for any length of time, you you know what the first three words are going to be. Bloomington.in.gov forward slash boards, B-O-A-R-D-S forward slash status hyphen of hyphen children forward slash Y-P-B. And we'll repeat that again uh, at the conclusion of this interview. I see some principles also associated with this initiative that I just want to share with Tilly, and i like to get her reaction to these. One is empowerment. Two is transparanc- transparency. Three is inclusion. Four is equality. And five is community. Can you comment on any or all of those, uh, Tilly?
3: Okay, sure. So empowerment is really just making sure that, you know, that youth of all stripes and backgrounds and cultures are able to exercise their voice in determining to an extent, how our government is run and where its funding is going. Transparency is a really important one. We commit to that by making sure that we publish our rule book, our approximate timeline, and yes, our guiding principles on our website. Um, Actually, it's been found that participatory budgeting projects in municipalities in Brazil have increased government transparency and equitable spending. So perhaps the very nature of this project is helping us commit to advancing transparency in our community. When it comes to equality and equity obviously we're trying to apportion funds in a way that benefits everyone who lives in the city we're also trying to make sure that youth in the community have an equal voice in determining in what direction this project goes
0: excellent i hear those debate skills just screaming through (laughs) Oh
1: yeah
0: Uh, but uh, it's it's the well thought out ideas that are appealing to so many people and when they're well thought out and they're mo- more than likely successful afterwards so thank you thank you for sharing that Shatoya, uh, I'm curious um, with this wonderful timeline that you put together if you could talk about where they are in the process and where they're going you mentioned that things started off in April yes and what does this look like through the span of not a well the span of an academic year
2: so um, right now we're in summer session for the students but I would say for these past Starting in April for two months, they were hitting the ground running. They have developed their rule book. The steering committee has went through their training. They have trained their delegates and did the delegate selection. And now we're in that idea collection stage. Mm-hmm. So for June to August is when the delegates and the steering committee members will be going out, um, talking to their peers, getting them kind of very interested and excited about YPB and bringing back those ideas and refining them into proposals. Mm-hmm. So this is the work that they're doing over the summer, and they're keeping very active in that. And that's where we are right now with a grin my great girl Tilly here, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, um, moving forward after that when school is back in session, the students will be, um, actually going up to city council and they'll be talking about YPB and the process, the progress that they've made, which is, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's really big for anyone, but to have some youth have like, this is what we're doing. This is what we're going to be implementing in our community. I think that's just really powerful within itself. Mm -hmm. Um, after that, they'll be actually moving into the voting stage. So with each delegate plus the steering committee member, we're anticipating about 50-plus ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, the steering committee and the delegates will be taking those 50-plus and getting them down to 20. Out of those 20s, they'll be refining them into proposals, and then they'll take those 20 down to 10. And with that, they'll be taking it to the stakeholders, <laughs> and the stakeholders will give them their expertise and their feedback. And by that time, they'll whittle that down to five. Those five will be going up to vote. Uh, Again, voting will be done by youth, through the youth, and the winner will actually be announced in November during the Swagger Awards, which is another initiative of Mm -hmm. the Youth Participatory Budget, or excuse me, the Commission on the Status of Children and Youth, where we highlight youth in the community doing great things, community service, being activists. Um, And once we announce those, we'll start in our evaluation, our implementation plan. So you're looking all the way right now into year 2020. They oh, have signed up great. to hang out with me
1: yeah. for an entire year. <laughs> no. There's there's um there's some categories here of the proposals and I was curious, um just kind of going back to your project idea <laughs> um conversation there, Tilly and and chitoya either one do you have examples that you could kind of run through because for our listening audience the following categories will be considered for the $15,000 uh, budget for the project arts and culture education environment recreation social concerns or some other category that fits the eligibility so could either one or both of you share examples for our listeners who might not exactly know how to anchor what all this cool stuff is going to ultimately look like?
3: Okay, sure. So just for some proposal examples, I mm-hmm. actually have sort of a funny story. I was... Uh, <laughs> we love <so> funny <laughs> During one of our meetings, we looked at the website of Boston's participatory budgeting project, and we actually found that... We'd already received equivalents of most of their finalist proposals, and this is just from Bloomington Youth. So we have ideas about, you know, expanding access to drinking fountains and ways to fill reusable water bottles. We've obviously had ideas that hit on recycling, community gardens, mental health support, helping you know, helping youth learn how to balance their own budget and move into the world of being an adult, we've had really all sorts of ideas that touch on a lot of different aspects of life, both for children and youth and for really the broader community. And Yeah. It's very cool. We're definitely looking forward to refining them. Mm -hmm. And it's really kind of sad that we'll have to just pick one or, you know, a few. I know. I was
1: just gonna ask you, Tilly, how do you
3: how are you (laughs) going
1: to feel whittling down to just one project?
0: How do you you whittle down from fifty down to a workable five? I was sitting here as you were saying by degree they're whittling down and down. And the students are doing that. You're not. No, I'm Tertoya's not doing not that. So not saying, I, well, I took that, the weekend, thought about it, and these five are out, you know. <laughs>
2: um, so what they're doing, like I said, they're doing that work during the summer. They are mm-hmm. doing the research. They're going online. They're going to be talking to, of course, those stakeholders at some point. But they're trying to see what is, what's actually feasible and what's a need within their community. Mm-hmm. So um, as you mentioned earlier with the different categories, the steering committee probably took about three three meetings or so just to get to those categories because they said there's so much. How do we break it down to make it a little bit easier right. on, you know, people submitting ideas? So they actually did some work, and that other category was very important for them because they didn't want to, you know, toss anyone out because they said, you know, somebody might have something that's really great and it doesn't fit in a category. Right, something right. very innovative. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so
0: And um, uh, along you, you mentioned how some of the... Um, Stellar Outstanding, which you may find yourself in a situation where all all the delegates are sort of in contention or will be receiving some type of recognition, which I know they will. But along with the Swagger Awards, how will schools that, that they hail from recognize the good work that these delegates are doing? Now, some are homeschooled, I, mm-hmm. homeschooled, I understand let say, how will South or North or other schools recognize the good work that these students are doing?
2: I'm actually unclear how they recognize. I'm definitely always pubbing them and letting the schools right, know, right. you know, you have some students out here doing some really great work. And again, these students were already doing great work before they came on to participatory budget. So I'm sure Tilly and her peers are already being recognized in some stature. And, but, And certainly <laughs> as they're applying to
0: colleges, uh, this is certainly an experience that you, you should highlight. To, oh yeah, to the utmost, and then the other thing too. I'm sitting here thinking of, of these um, uh, individuals that you'll, the stakeholders that you'll appear before, and, and I just on this last week I watched an episode of Shark Tank, and so I, I'm in my mind right now I'm thinking. So is there is there this dramatic music, and you walk through this door, and seated in these chairs are these stakeholders, and they try to, you know, hopefully <laughs> they're not trying to tear apart an idea. But these are people who have proven themselves in the community Mm -hmm. and are recognizable, um, highly esteemed, uh, and have the interests of the students at heart. And they're there to help steer and guide, not to challenge necessarily an idea.
2: No, not necessarily. Again, kind of just give the expertise feedback because the mm -hmm. students, of course, will be doing the heavy lifting of this about researching. And with the support of the commission, you Mm -hmm. know. Yeah. going back and researching things on their behalf. But it will have to come from someone who works in the field or knows this particular item about the community that will be able to say, yes, this is doable, or, you know, this is not the correct budget line, or, you know, this is how long this is actually going to take. So we just want to make sure that we are, again, inviting the right people to the table so that way we have the best outcome. This being a pilot program, we want the, the students to be successful. Right. right. So it's not going to be the stakeholders are not going to attack, but... You know, right. it's it's gonna be help done. enhance, yeah. But then again, Experience. but then
0: again, the, the stakeholders better be on their P's and Q's because uh, you yeah. have some outstanding uh, youth coming to, to have a dialogue with them. Mm-hmm. Tilly, um, um, I want to thank you for coming on to share your passion and ideas for this. And before we sort of segue to another uh, aspect a conversation with uh, Shatoya on some of the things that she's doing with uh, Safe in Civil Cities, I'd like for you to give sort of some parting words to our listeners. Uh, And then at some point, we do wanna invite you and maybe some other delegates back to give us progress reports throughout the year. But as we sort of segue into another uh, aspect of this conversation, share with us something that you want the uh, listening audience to know.
3: Okay, sure. So I think that YPB, Youth Participatory Budgeting, has been a really wonderful opportunity, and I'm really happy that the city has decided to launch our pilot program this year, and I hope it continues. I think that it really helps to instill in, you know, students and teenagers within the community a sense of real civic values, involvement and engagement, a sense that we both have a stake and a voice in the direction where our city goes. I think it can be a vehicle for real positive change. I think just looking at the categories that we've outlined, whether it's arts and culture, social concerns, the environment, or even something new and innovative that we haven't categorized, I think ideas in all of these areas will really help us, you know, exercise our creativity and initiative to change the city for the better. And for all of you listeners out there, whether your students in grades eight through 12 in the 2019-2020 school year and are therefore eligible to participate, or whether you're parents of students or other community members who maybe know people within that age range, I really encourage you to, you know, submit your ideas, get people to participate because that's what this is all about, bringing democracy and an understanding of how our government works and a voice in its future to the people of Bloomington and Monroe County. So thank you so much for listening, and I'm really happy to have YPB as something within our community. Yeah. Uh, I
0: look forward to hearing yeah. updates from you and also maybe seeing you on TV in the next couple of weeks with other <laughs> presidential Democrats. <laughs> have, so. <laughs>
1: have you made your bid, Tilly? <laughs>
0: well, uh, on that note, uh, we're so glad to have uh, Chatoya here with us as she is director of Safe and Civil Cities for the city of Bloomington doing a phenomenal job. Shatoya, I know your plate is full, and and we were talking before with the the wonderful Blackie Brown uh, experience that the city enjoyed. And can you share with us other things that you're involved with uh, currently or what's on the horizon for Safe and Civil Cities?
2: Absolutely. So this week, actually, we have the Juneteenth celebration coming up. We'll be doing that in collaboration with the Neil Marshall Black Cultural Center. Um, We were planning to do this in Bryant Park, but... uh, (laughs) We do live in Indiana, so we do have a rain day <laughs> plan coming out. We will be posting that on our social media sites. Uh, most likely, we'll be doing that in No Marshall Cultural Center. But if something changes, we'll be having those that information. But what you can expect is this Wednesday from five to eight in Bryant Park, hopefully. Uh, It's a free event. We'll have some free food. We'll have some music. We'll have community members out. And it's just a chance to come and fellowship and kind of recognize and celebrate the emancipation of African-Americans through the education piece and also just the celebration piece. It's nothing better than coming out and seeing people in your community and just want to have a good time. So... um, I can definitely give my kudos over to Monica Johnson and Gloria Howe and Tislam Swift over the Neil Marshall Center. They have done a fabulous job in collaboration with me on this. Um, we're really excited. Um, and then also, there's so much Juneteenth celebration going on. I, I can't, I can't be happier to live in a community that celebrates
0: all over. This is one of three?
2: This is one of three. Um, there will be a, another event going on the same evening from 6 to 9 at the Banneker Center put on mm-hmm. by Black Lives Matter. Okay. They're doing a necessities drive and they will also have a table at our event. Um, of course, had we known about each other a little sooner, we would have <laughs> had one giant event. But to make sure that everybody is still feeling like you know their hard work is being seen, right. um, they're going to be doing those are over at Ritt Banneker and we'll be having ours at Bryan Park respectively with weather-pending. But, yeah, they're going to be having food trucks I know of, and, again, the Necessity Drive, um, and some music going on over there. So if you can, make both.
0: (laughs) Well, if if Liz Mitchell were with us, uh, she is our uh, certified historian for the city of Bloomington, Mm -hmm. with uh, feature producer of Dark Past, Bright Future. She would say that in years past there was an uh, emphasis on having uh, cherry-flavored or red-flavored pop.
2: Yes, that's the hard and fast rule.
0: To celebrate (laughs) Juneteenth. And when she first told me that, I looked at her, I said, excuse me? And she said, yes, uh, it it wasn't an authentic celebration without this particular beverage. And there was a symbolic reason why, and I don't want to try to remember the the reason because I'd slaughter it. But that stood out in my mind as far as the necessity. And, of course, we do know that this was uh, sort of a spinoff. The celebration is uh, to recognize the fact that in Texas uh, there were our ancestors who were unaware
2: mm-hmm.
0: that they were free for like a whole year,
2: about two years,
0: until someone rode in and told them, "You be free." I mean, and it's and it's not that overly simplistic, but can you imagine uh, the thought that they had now being informed that they had been emancipated? Yeah, um, and so this is this is. One way to celebrate that. Anything else on the horizon for your office?
1: Oh, wow. We, we have all so much going on. <laughs> um, well, I wanted to roll back and give our listeners uh, the Black Lives Matter Bloomington mm-hmm. website. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the event that you can't make it out or you're choosing between various different events, uh, if you go to blm.btown.in.org. Black Lives Matter, B-Town, Indiana, ORG. Uh, We'll make sure that that's up in our post-event podcast announcement. But what's fantastic about it is there's many different nonprofit organizations that they are really doing a call to action Mm -hmm. for folks to uh, uh, show their support through their time, talent, or treasure uh, in, in honor and in celebration of Juneteenth this year. So kudos to Black Lives Matter.
2: Yeah, and like I said, they, they'll they also have a table um, at our event over in Bryant Park or in Neil Marshall. So that way, if you still want to donate and you still want to try to make, you know, both events, you can do it in either space.
0: Are there any announcements on any, um, as we look forward to 2020? Are there, yeah. is there one, say one collective initiative that you're maybe working on now or something that's uh, planning on the books? Um...
2: My brain is going to like well, we're 80, gonna we will
0: invite you back way I, before yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Because uh, <laughs>
2: right now we have uh, the women in minority um, business owners. So I'm going to mm-hmm. be um, resurfacing that up and, you know, getting more input and making that available online to people. We're also planning a youth citizens academy. Currently the city puts on a citizens academy for adults where they come for like four or five weeks to learn about city government and the ins of, de- of all departments. Safe and civil. We'll be putting on a mini piece of that for our youth. I'm inviting different clubs and summer camps to come through and do that with me. Um, of course, I got my YPB kids keeping me busy and on my toes all the time. So, I, yeah, just invite me back.
1: <laughs> if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, Chitayu, about how they can how they can get involved or volunteer mm-hmm. their expertise or talent, well, how they, could they get in touch with you?
2: they can definitely email me. (laughs) I always have my phone on me. So my email address is moss with three S's, M-O-S-S-S at bloomington.in.gov.
0: And as we sort of segue out of this conversation, the very informative, entertaining, and delightful. Uh, I'm so impressed, Tilly, with you. Uh, Thank you again for coming on to be with us today. And um, we want to invite you back during different stages of this process, you along with other co-delegates and, you know, just get sort of an update on what's going on and we can look forward to, uh, you know, if you can um, resolve some of the issues facing the city, that'd be great, like, um, you know, lower taxes. No pressure, uh, Tilly. Lower property taxes and things like, but anyway, (laughs) thank you, our thanks (laughs) to Tilly Robinson. And you're going to be hearing from her Thank in the future. Thank uh, you, Well, thanks for inviting me. And Chatoya Moss, Director of Safe and Civil Cities for the City of Bloomington, for coming on tonight to talk about a, a wonderful initiative uh, that is being run out of the Commission on Children and Youth, and, and it is called the the YPB, or, uh, Roberta, what does that stand for?
1: The Youth uh, participatory budget So you got to be on initiative. your toes. All yes,
0: right. Yes. To learn more, visit Bloomington.in.gov forward slash boards, B-O-A-R-D-S forward slash status hyphen of hyphen children forward slash Y-P-B.
4: Remind us how we used to be Everybody's searching for a hero People need someone to look up to I never found anyone who fulfilled my need A lonely place to be So I learned to depend on me, I decided long ago never to walk in anyone's shadow.
1: just heard the greatest love of all it was originally recorded in 1977 by George Benson who made the song a substantial hit peaking at number 1 number 2 excuse me on the US Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart of the year the first R&B chart top 10 hit for Artista Records the song was Written and recorded by the main theme of the 1977 film, The Greatest, a biopic of the boxer Muhammad Ali. And as we
0: were passing around tissues in the uh, studio, that's one of the most uh, beautiful, endearing songs, um, covered by so many different artists. But... Uh, That was George Benson. He (laughs) sang it first. Bring it on is Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African-American community here on WFHB 91.3 FM and live on the web at WFHB.org. You just heard um, an exciting conversation uh, with uh, Tilly Robinson and uh, Shatoya Moss. And again, we we are just really encouraged with the youth and uh, we're going to have them back a little bit later.
1: Bring it on is the People's Forum for Black Culture in South Central Indiana and beyond. Are you a tweeter? You're invited to follow the WFHB News Twitter account. This is a great way to keep breaking new keep up with breaking news and updates on what's going on behind the scenes and on the air with WFHB News. Go to the go to twitter.com and search for WFHB News. Or you can always visit WFBF. Uh, wfhb news's website at wfhb.org news
0: at the uh, top of the hour we announced the upcoming showing of the movie emmanuel the untold story of the victims and survivors of the charleston church shooting this film produced by basketball star stephen curry viola davis and co-produced by mariska mariska haggerty We'll have a limited showing in national theaters starting today, Monday, June 17th, and Wednesday, June 19th. It will be featured at 7 p.m. at the Bloomington College Mall Theater. Now, I, I wanted to talk about that because that uh, heinous crime is still fresh in all of our minds, um, Roberta. And um, there is, is even a, a synopsis of the movie that... Robert, if you could share with our listeners, I'd I like to begin our conversation with that.
1: Sure, Emmanuel, or what the A.M.E.ers call Mother Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. National headlines blazed the story: churchgoers gunned down during prayer service in Charleston, South Carolina, after a 21-year-old white supremacist opened his fire in the church. Nine African Americans lay dead, leaving their families. And the nation to grapple with a senseless act of terror. 48 hours later, in the midst of an unspeakable grief and suffering, the families of the Emmanuel Nine stood in court facing the killer and offered words of forgiveness. Their demonstration of grace ushered the way for hope and healing across the city and the nation. It's the story that rocked a city and a nation as it happened. And in the days that followed, Marking the fourth anniversary of the event, executive producers Stephen Curry and Viola Davis and co-producer Mariska Her- Hargitay. Hargitay and director Brian Ivy from the Dropbox present Emmanuel. The documentary powerfully weaves the, sto- the history of race relations in Charleston, the significance and impact of Mother Emanuel Church, and the hope that somehow emerges in the aftermath. Featuring intimate interviews with survivors and family members, Emmanuel is a poignant story of justice and faith, love and hate, examining the healing power of forgiveness. Marking the fourth anniversary, Emmanuel Emmanuel will be in movie theaters across the country for just two nights, June 17th, which is this evening, and June 19th, which is on Wednesday evening, when we'll celebrate Juneteenth Day. Please note, all producers' proceeds from Emmanuel will go to the victims' families and the survivors.
0: You know, my mind goes back to that day when that happened and everybody was so transfixed on the TV sets. Again, another shooting, another mass shooting. But this one had so many strange elements. You know, we talk about the church being sort of the heart and soul of the black community and and things happen over time and... Sometimes uh, the church doesn't get the emphasis or may not appear to have the impact that it should. This was sacred, sacred space where this took place, and this was during a prayer service. Uh, this was during a time when the congregants invited in the perpetrator unbeknownst to them, and yes. trust was extended. Um, they were vulnerable. They had prayer with this individual, and then he just opened up and began to shoot. And so now we're sort of left with trying to figure out what in the world happened, how could this happen and since then we've seen other mass shootings in yes. uh, uh religious places and and in Sutherland
1: and, Springs and then in pittsburgh
0: and Now mm-hmm. you know congregations have to have protocols first yes. time that we ever had to have well i mean think back on the bombing of the mm-hmm. church mm-hmm. with the four young girls who were killed. Yeah, that that lingered and and that left a, a major impact. And probably there were measures taken to sort of safeguard against that. But now, you have to have your own members or security details sitting out observing things in your worship place
1: um, to at least at the very least be intentional. Yeah, about. Um,
0: so as I as I look at this opportunity, and I'm so grateful to the individuals who pour their resources and their connections and influence to bring this to pass this is powerful um you know we look at nba players and you know earlier lebron james did something extremely magnanimous and well it's extremely uh, awe-inspiring and and life-changing creating that school for children and then helping their parents Mm -hmm. uh, that, that send their children to his school um and to me Forever changed my impression of him because mm. you know he was the guy that always cheered against without, whenever another team played. Him. And that's my that's my. I, n- we don't have time to go into that. But now I have great great respect for both Steph and for LeBron. Uh, and and I hope other athletes and hope other luminaries step up and share the resources to make a change. Uh, you have a platform. Many have and LeBron has not been sure for words to sort of critique uh, the government and, and Steph Curry and in his own quiet way now is sort of stepping up and and that's that's phenomenal.
1: It is it is phenomenal and it's and it's 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 time. It is time. <laughs> it's time for the everyday person and I do believe that when the celebrities stand up for what they believe in, it does encourage the everyday people to stand up as well.
0: Here are some endorsements uh, for this particular movie. Emmanuel highlights how a horrible tragedy can bring a community together and spreads an important message about the power of forgiveness. I hope the film inspires others like it does me. And that was from uh, Steph Curry, executive producer. Another one reads, powerful, moving, important. It's incredible how people can respond to tragedy when Jesus reigns in their heart. I recommend Emmanuel. Alex Kendrick, director and author. And one final one. That i like to read, we along with the country grieved each family's loss. Yet miraculously, from this devastation, we witnessed tremendous benchmarks of humanity. The survivors found courage to love in the face of hate. Viola Davis and Julius Tennon, who are executive producers. So again, those showtimes are this evening beginning at 7.
1: Beginning at 7. At the and, College Mall Theater. Mm-hmm. And Wednesday at 7 p.m. at the College Mall Theater as well.
0: And uh, while we don't endorse on radio, <clears throat> uh, this is an important film.
1: It anyone. is a documentary. A documentary. Um, and so that is, it is not a first run type film. And it's very limited, but I appreciate that the powers that be, the architects, have made it um, accessible in a, right. for a national audience.
0: And yeah, thanks, uh, Roberta. I saw earlier um, that you were messaging people you were you were sharing information on this film along with the link to the website because um, this is important and um, wow well, i mean it's here we are in an age where you know we have not passed legislation i'm about to get on my soapbox we've not passed legislation to control gun possession or determine who can go in and buy a gun we've not done background checks effectively we don't know people who are unstable that get weapons uh, automatic weapons. How do you hunt with an automatic weapon? I know many hunters, and I say, "Well, do you, did you take Bambi down with uh, an AR-15 uh, with bump stock?" So, I mean, it's we're in this age, and we need to take a look in the mirror to see where we're going to go as a nation. But,
1: and in addition to that, Clarence, too, taking a look as a nation and and deciding what are our national memorabilia, what what are the symbols. Um, that supported a particular ideology that continue to live in our everyday world, statues, flags, emblems, and really take stock as a community, as a nation, to decide these symbols will stand the test of time because they are on the right side of history or this is a moment, a crossroads, to decide as a nation. Uh, These symbols do not represent who we believe ourselves to be is the United States of America.
0: And the months to come uh, we on we Bring It On will bring you more information to that regard and allow this as a platform for others to come on and to speak to that regard. Bring It On has an open submission policy, so if you have an idea for this program, let's hear it. Send an email to our volunteer staff. The address is On at wfhb.org. We want to make sure we share everything and anything affecting the African-American community with our listening audience in Bloomington and beyond. The email address, once again, is bring on at dot O-R-G.
1: Our thanks to Shatoya Moss and Tilly Robinson, who are from the Youth Participatory Budget Project with the city's uh, Commission on Children and Youth. And thank you for them to, to them for joining us today to talk further about the initiative. For more information, again, you can visit bloomington.in.gov backslash boards backslash status of children backslash YPD.
0: Our show's producer is yours uh, truly, Clarence Boone, with help from WFHB News Director Wes Martin. Tonight's board engineer is Chantal LaFont. Our original theme music was created by Jamil Effiam with additional background tracks by David Baker. For WFHB, I'm Clarence Boone.
1: And I'm Roberta Radovich. Tune in next Monday, June 24th at 6 p.m. for another exciting edition of Bring It On, right here on your community radio station, WFHB. You've been listening to Bring It On,